Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after show entertainment. Very good, Keith The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Game of Thrones After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Game of Thrones After Show. Thrones, yeah, Game of Thrones, yeah. It's back, guys, and I'm so excited I brought my sword with me. Because, guys, Bing is for doing, and we're doing the Game of Thrones after show. Joining me today, from across the table, the lovely Kristen Snyder. What's up, guys? And sitting next to her, if you watched season one of our after show, you may remember her, Sarah Stratton. Hello! (laughs) And, guys, I'm Dave Clyde. Kind of a Lannister if he's got blonde hair and a sword. Kind of. I'll go Jamie. And in the booth, we have Marissa. What's up, guys? All right, so I want to jump right into it, because I'm so excited that Game of Thrones is back. Aren't we all? Oh my gosh. Literally, someone started talking about Game of Thrones during like Easter today, and I started squealing, and my family doesn't understand that, so I was like, <laughs> and I just embarrassed everyone at the table. It's Game of Thrones language. You're like, Easter squealing. or Game of Thrones. Happy hmm. Easter, by the way. Yeah, happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> and happy Passover for all you Jewish people out there, as is ending right now. Wow, apparently there's some playback going on in our audio. I don't know what that is, but... Uh, let's jump into talking about the intro, because the credits. Because the credits are always really cool for Game of Thrones, because they always incorporate all the places that we're going to see. So we get a look at what we're going to see throughout the season. And the first thing that we see is Dragonstone, which I don't believe we got to see last season. No, it was not that I know of. So we have Dragonstone popping up, which is where, of course, Stannis Baratheon is. Then right afterwards, Hall, which was featured last season a lot, but we didn't see it in the intros, I don't believe. So Hall is now featured. We have a burnt down Winterfell. Oh, no. Yeah, I gotta throw that in there. It's smoking up the place. So they went ahead and redid it, which is it's pretty awesome that they put in the money and effort to do that. This show is so detailed. Like I said before, it's so great that it's the replay value is amazing. I think that's what makes any movie show on TV so good is if you can watch it again and be entertained several times. You of find the little it. details, like exactly. the ironic lines they throw in. They have to say them like three times in different ways with different people just to. I love the dialogue. I wrote down so many lines where I was like, that's just good for everyday exchange. <laughs> All the characters are so witty in this show. Yeah. Like you were saying, it's awesome to watch. So right afterwards we have the wall 
which we've seen several times and huge now, this, this season more than ever. And then we have Astapor. But let's go ahead and talk about the wall because that is how we start off the season is with the wall. And I've got my little white walker with me if you're watching. He looks a lot cuter here than he really is. <laughs> but for you who uh, are watching the show, if you're wondering and you don't recall, the white walkers at the end of last season were heading to the fist. That's the area, that's what it's called, where all the Night's Watch are. That's where they're keeping and trying to stay so they can... Uh, try and fight off the wildlings when they come, but unfortunately, three horn blasts means white walkers. So Sam is caught in the middle of it, and he's running. Yes, he's running. first he like a vo- we saw at the end of last season that he's sitting there like in behind a rock in plain view of the white walkers. Um, <laughs> did they just walk by him? All of the hundreds? Where'd they go? He'd, yeah, that's right. He's alone in the mist, like. Running around. Yeah, well, we, yeah, because like you said, we saw him hiding in the one big white walker who looks like the one I'm holding. Uh, mm-hmm. He glances at Sam and just goes away. And I guess they don't care for whatever reason about Sam. Poor Sam. But I guess not in this case. Lucky when, Sam. Whenever he was running towards the guy and he was like, brother, I thought it was Jon Snow in like his little blanket. I. How sad would you guys have been as ladies if it had been Jon Snow's well, head in the hands? I didn't think he was dead. I just yeah. thought he was sitting there. Just in, like, meditation. Just, just, like, hanging out in the snow. Jon Snow makes yeah. total sense. He's just, like, one with the snow, right? But Jon Snow was there <laughs> in a way because Ghost comes and saves Sam mm-hmm. as he's attacked by, I believe they're called the White when it's just the uh, Walker version of it, by the White. And it, snow, or, uh, Ghost comes, saves him. I love ghosts. Wolves look great this season. I'm, I couldn't figure out why is Ghost not with Jon Snow. You know what? I was wondering the same thing because even in the book, Snow will uh, Ghost will run off on his own. But there's no. At least you never hear about anything like this. There's like one line in season two where they're like, "You can't control a wild thing," and they kind of show Ghost mm-hmm. like hinting at him, but it's never explained. Like where he goes if that's allowed is ghost like freaking out like don't they have some strange mind connection isn't he like where's my guy i feel like ghost is free and he's like a prime example of where john wants to be with his life like ghost goes wherever he's needed wherever he wants to be and i think that's eventually going to be where john snow is he's free and he goes wherever needed that's a great connection i think that's pretty accurate so yeah ghost is kind of just that loyal pet who does whatever's needed and right afterwards, we have Jor Mormont, who, um, or I think it's Gior, Gior Mormont, mm-hmm. who then again finally kills the white with fire because you can't kill them unless you have fire. As we found out in season, I think actually that was season one when they find that out. So kills him off in the end. So Jor Mormont, despite the attack by the White Walkers, is safe. And we we don't really get to see how many of the Night's Watch have died. We just know that there was a battle. We're not sure, but he is set. They need to go back to the wall and warn everybody. Because winter is coming. Winter has come. <laughs> <laughs> I say, winter's here. <laughs> well, not for them yet. I feel like they don't know. The when. Starks have been predicting it for so long. It's but, even their name, their words, their words. But I bet it won't actually come until episode 10, honestly. Yeah, probably. I think we've got a while. <laughs> this show tends to, like, progress slowly. Well, I think especially... Details. Details. <laughs> I think especially this season, they're doing half of uh, A Storm of Swords, mm-hmm. which I've got here. I think they're only doing half of A Storm of Swords for season three. And I think 10 episodes, right? Yeah, 10 episodes so again. nine more. I mean, they're pretty high production value episodes, so... As long as they put this much production value into every episode, I'm all right with it. We're still looking for Uncle Ben, right? <laughs> yeah, they're still not sure where Benjamin is. <laughs> They'll mention him in like two episodes. Don't yeah. worry. 
I mean, I, it seems at this point, I mean, he's got to be dead, but I mean, they're still not sure. They're still looking for Benjamin. I mean, but that's initially why they left. Right? Yeah, to look for Benjamin <laughs> and to find out what the Wildlings were up to. Right. Yes. Kind of a combination. Mm-hmm. But what the Wildlings are up to, we find out with Igrit, who's with Jon Snow, and they are going to the giant Wildling encampment. Tons and tons of Wildlings there, and we get to see giants. Very Woo! cool. The growling giants. So no longer are they just myth. They actually exist. Everything that these Starks have been hearing throughout their whole lives actually exists. The White Walkers, the giants, everything nobody thought was I'd around anymore. very scared the children. Of- yeah, I'd be very scared of bedtime stories if I was Yeah, there. if you lived in Westeros, don't, those bedtime stories are not too fun. They're not fake. No. <laughs> They're not Hansel and Gretel. So, Ygritte brings and Rattleshirt lead him to Mance Raider and Mance Raider's tent. And, and before that, there's a line that I do want to point out that I liked where John's asking about being free, and he asks if he's a free man, if he'll be free to go. And Ygritte snarkily responds, sure, but I'll be free to kill you. (laughs) So kind of a good dialogue again, Kristen, as you were pointing out. Mm -hmm. But they enter Mance Raider's tent, and John at first thinks that Mance Raider is the giant bulking man that they run into, whose name I'm not remembering at the moment. They didn't say it in the show, but I'm just not recalling his name. Right. Was it Lord of Bones? It's like Tormund Giant's Bane mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Something like it, that. No, you're right. It's Tormund Giant's Bane. So Tormund mm-hmm. Giant's Bane uh, is who he mistakes Mance Raider for. But we find the true Mance Raider in the back who comes and kind of questions John about why he wants to join. What did you guys take away from that conversation? I, I liked... Go ahead. No, go right ahead. <laughs> I just like I like how you switched um, accents there. Um, how he said, if I'm a traitor, then you're a traitor too. Exactly. You definitely see... I feel like when you get in these situations of these big men who have so much power, the people they always like are the people who are willing to stand up to them. The people you think they're going to like hit in the face, but they're just like, wait. You've got some balls, and this is going to work. But I That's especially true for wildlings. And I liked the reason he gave about how they saw, like, um, he had this experience where he saw this man giving babies to wild, um, white to the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. And that made, it just sounded real to me. Like, I didn't know how he was going to get out of that. I was like, if he sees, if he tries to, like, say some bullshit, this man needs to understand it. And that reason felt real to me. I agree. And it actually makes you question if he really, if he wants to be a spy or if he wants to be part of the Wildlings. And, and you know, I'm glad you bring that up because this is one of the big major book differences that we see right away is the reasoning that he gives where in the book he says, and the show we get that, that Craster's keep and how upset he is about Craster giving the baby away. In the show, it's a reason that we got earlier, or I mean, in the book, it's a reason we got earlier in the show, where it's just him talking about how he's a bastard, and he's never gotten anything, and his mother hated, can't, never treated him with respect, he never gets respect, and that's kind of a, that's a lie, everyone loved him there, but he plays it off like because he was a bastard, because he never got to go to meetings, he's unhappy, and that's why he wants to switch sides. I'm glad that we didn't actually get that in the show, because I feel like when people come out and tell you this is my true weakness you don't want to know that like heroes don't expose their weakness and like want pity and I feel like by him kind of telling his background he's like oh I want pity sort of it doesn't sound like a strong hero that I want to be following so I'm glad that we actually didn't get that yeah but yeah so Corn either way ends up accepting what he has heard he accepts it he ends up after the back and forth deciding to go ahead oh yeah thank you Mass Raider 
Not corn half hand. I don't know why. Corn half hand is dead. <laughs> You're bringing him back. Uh, yeah, I just so I miss corn. Come back. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think they burnt him down right oh, away. Yeah. They're like the wildlings know what they do. They're doing when it comes to White Walkers, but that's sort of what's been going on over at the wall. So, over. Um, another person who's stranded in the wrong area would be Davos Seaworth. Mm-hmm. And Davos is stranded. I knew he was alive. Can I just say that? I was really happy that I he I think survived. you predicted it during season two. Uh-huh. So, and you were like, no. He I went down you in the wildfire. I wasn't here, but I was with you. I was like, yes. They should totally show him completely <laughs> flying off separate than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll be the one to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Pirates I, for life. I don't, I don't want to do... Smugglers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do too much from the book, but there's a nice little backstory that we get in the book about this, which is that Davos didn't think he'd survive. He, when he got in the water, he tried to swim away and thought he drowned. And he thinks that the reason that he lived was to serve... Um, the, the gods, not the fire god, not Melisandre, but that's why he's so upset about Melisandre now is because he thinks that's why he survived, was to um, correct his wrongs and get rid of Melisandre. But he is stranded on an island because of his pirateness and how awesome pirates are. They and just always end up on islands. They always do. That's what happens. And then they always survive. That's the because home they're base. pirates. That's the home base. Home base. And... <laughs> Drowning does not exist. (laughs) (laughs) He spots a ship in the distance that comes for him, and they want to know who he serves. I was really worried at this point. Yeah. I I was worried for him, but again, backstory from the books is you see banners on the ships, and he recognized the banners, and he knew Mm -hmm. that it was a Stannis ship by the banners. I didn't see any banners this time. Well, that's not from the rowboat. It's Mm -hmm. from the ship in the distance, and you can see it if you look, and that's just kind of a nice detail they have there. But that's... Why is he able to give that story? But at this point, he doesn't have anything else to do either. He's going to die or tell them something. Mm-hmm. I mean, this die this or might lie. Be yo. bad to say, but right now he's kind of like my replacement, Ned Stark. Yeah. Um, from season one, I had a really big crush on Ned, like mm-hmm. a continuous crush. I even still, Dave had a crush on him. Yeah, I did. I still <laughs> somehow think he's coming back. Uh, you know what? I, I just want his head to float around, and I'll just be like, Ned. <laughs> You're back. I'm with you. <laughs> Let him come back. I'll, I'll carry his head around everywhere. Oh well, he has. It's on a spike. Well, then it was brought back to Catelyn, so Catelyn has it now. Yeah. So yeah, Catelyn has the head. You know that he was a good guy because we all miss him. Yeah, he was such a great lead for the show too. Mm-hmm. It was a great way to start off the se- first season and the show. But Davos um, ends up with Salder San. Back to Davos and. Salader kind of tells Davos about all these things that Stannis is doing because of the Red Lady or Melisandre. And it's like burning people who are traitors alive, and that's just people who don't believe in the faith, essentially. And Davos wants to go kill her. He's set to go do this. Mm-hmm. This thing. I'm on his side. And I mean, yet now he's in chains, so... Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Didn't quite work out for him. Maybe he'll meet the Shadow Baby. Ooh, baby, baby. Oh, Oh, shadow, shadow, baby. baby. Ooh, baby. baby. That was a song from season two that we got from the fans. We we sold it on iTunes. Okay, I I think I'm missing something. (laughs) (laughs) Did I miss an episode? That was an After Buzz insider. Cue cards. (laughs) (laughs) So, a seller doesn't want to bring him because this is one of his good friends, and he doesn't want to see his good friend get murdered. He basically thinks it's a suicide mission. And as we find out, when Davos (laughs) goes to talk to... Stannis, Stannis won't even let them talk alone. He has to have Melisandre there. Mm-hmm. They're basically blaming him because if he let Melisandre come with, 
then Stannis would be on the throne, which I did say last season, like, if you got magic on your side, use it, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, Daenerys is doing it with the dragons, the yeah. warlocks are doing it, the wildlings are doing it. Well, There's I magic guess the giants. everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot more magic in the show now than we saw at first. It's all coming back. And globies. And globies. globies and duck sauce. <laughs> and duck, yeah, well, duck sauce is dead. <laughs> I know, I miss it. Yo. <laughs> duck sauce. But yeah, so uh, Melisandre has her globe on her. That's what we call the red ruby. It's a mm-hmm. globe. <laughs> on her. I feel like I'm like getting filled in <laughs> so quickly. I'm like, after oh, Buzz goodness. knowledge. I have to learn a new song. I have to know all these catchphrases. Like, I oh, think that's know, the most of it. it. We have the Globies and we have the song. Wait, you know the dance, dance right? We do the dance at the end. We dance. We like to dance. Wait, you didn't watch our old shows? I was in New Zealand. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was in New Zealand living in a tent, basically. So oh. With Lord of the Rings, right? My other love. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. You can tell what genre I like. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good genre. But um, back, so Davos attempts to kill Melisandre here. He goes Mm -hmm. straight up, tries to kill her, and he is thwarted by the guards. Thwarted right away. And as you mentioned, Sarah, put in chains. And at risk for being burned alive. Yeah, he is, because he mentions right away. That's a good point, Mm -hmm. because he does mention right away. To Melisandre, to her face, I don't believe in your religion. And I thought that was a good exchange, too, about how she's burning people alive. And he's like, well, I didn't like your religion. I didn't burn you alive. Death by fire is the purest death, she says. But she sings while doing it, so don't worry. Yeah, she thinks it's a good thing. She's a little (laughs) crazy. So, let's move on to King's Landing, where we have a lot of things happening, especially with a big turnover with Tywin now being the hand of the king as opposed to Tyrion. And we start off, though, with Bronn with his whore. Of course, Game of Thrones, you have to have some nudity. It wouldn't be Game of Thrones without nudity, right? right? I mean, it wouldn't be HBO without nudity. <laughs> That's a good point, Sarah. Yeah, good point. wouldn't be HBO. wouldn't be Game of Thrones. But we come to find out that uh, as Padre comes to grab him, he's now Sir Bronn. By Joffrey's demand or command, he's become a knight. He's been knighted. Mm-hmm. And we get a whole argument with him and uh, some guards later on about this. So... He's really rising up in the world by following, following Tyrion. Meanwhile, Tyrion is observing his scar when Cersei comes, and Tyrion not trusting Cersei too much because of his certain Sir Mandon Moore from season two. <laughs> I don't know why he wouldn't trust Cersei at this point. Yeah, I mean, and clearly she comes in and she's all nervous about what he's going to tell Tywin. And clearly he, she doesn't want him to tell, her, tell Tywin, the, their father, that... She tried to get Mandon Moore to kill him in the battle. Or maybe that she's the one responsible for losing Arya. Maybe, you know, lots of of things. Yeah, just a few things she's nervous about. It's a family problem. I like what he said. It's not slender if it's true. Yeah. (laughs) And it was funny kind of that childhood squabbling they have about Mm -hmm. this one thing when she was nine years old. And I like them bringing that back out. Like, they're still not over it. They're still not over nine-year-old problems. But I was really happy about the conversation that he had with his father. Because that was a huge question for me at the end of last season. I was like, how is he in this little room? He did lead this attack. He was very cunning about it. Like, mm-hmm. his father put him in the position of, like, taking over Hand of the King for a little bit. You would think he'd be proud. I was like, where did that glimpse of love go like how did it yeah. just disappear yeah so season I one especially that conversation today season one especially it seemed like he was starting to get more fond of Tyrion mm-hmm. but uh, clearly Tyrion's getting no credit whatsoever for what he did and I do really quickly want to mention I did mention Sir Mandon Moore people don't remember I just want to point this out at the end of season two that was the person who attacked and turned over and attacked and tried to kill Tyrion. Mm-hmm. So just to clarify that's who I was mentioning. And but, Podrick saved him. Yes and Podrick who's the squire of Tyrion saved 
uh, Tyrion, who's kind of a little nervous all the time, but <laughs> a good fighter. So yeah, that Tyrion does have that great conversation, both with Cersei and his father, about how, uh, and we got it at the end of season one too, with, um, with Ver- Varys, about how he's not going to get any credit. And even Tywin doesn't give him credit. Nobody's giving him credit for what he did. I was really shocked by Tywin's, actually, his response to him, because I was starting to like Tywin last season. I felt like he had a good head on his shoulders and was like everything he was doing was kind of based in reality, um, his notions and actions. But after hearing him say, you know, you're the re- I, I hate that you have my name. I can't prove that you're not mine. Uh, you killed your mother by coming into this world. It was all really harsh. And yeah. I didn't like hearing it, but if do you guys think that he would He's get this? He's under emotional stress of losing so many battles, but finally <laughs> he won one. So he's just having some emotional issues, but and they're yes, being taken that's no out. Way to treat your son. I, I think we're getting out of Tywin because Tyrion's mentioned the horrible things that Tywin's done into him, to him in the past, like the whore mm-hmm. that they set up and pretended to have Tyrion fall in love with just so he could have the whore have sex with Jamie every single girl. That. It was by Tywin's order. Lord Tywin ordered Jamie to do that. So Tywin has been a dick to uh, Tyrion the, his, Tyrion's entire life. But we never really saw it before in this first season. Now we're getting Tywin's reasoning out. And it all stems back to, I think, the death of his wife mm-hmm. at uh, Tyrion's childbirth is the real reason. That's why Cersei hates Tyrion is the death of the, her mother. And then he's just... The whores. At, the whores. But I, I think it's primarily, though, I think if it was Jamie with the whores, he wouldn't care so much. I think it's that he's a half-man and he killed... Insult I think injury. It's very, very much the mom, which is just horrible because it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Come on, he yeah. didn't do anything. But back then, I, I guess they didn't think that, or at least in the world of Westeros, they don't seem to think that way. They they seem to think that the baby has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have Lions fan on the chat mentioning when the argument happened w- with Glenn after Glenn was knighted. For some weird reason, I thought he was going to lose his status as knight. <clears throat> And that was just, I don't know, just kind of a fun chat comment I thought I'd read out. I don't know if I thought that so much. He was ready to attack, though. He had the blade. Yeah. His dagger ready to go. <laughs> Only, okay, technical question, if anyone Here we knows. Go. How, do you be, how can you be stripped of your title as a knight? Like, can I, only the king do that? I th- I, yeah, I'd assume the king could do that. But only I, the king? I just, I assume you could be stripped of your title as knight, but only by the king. But I'm not I mean, sure in the world of I'm Westeros. I'm sure for like being like a traitor, you could get stripped of like all titles. But is there any other like way? Like even is there like Ned Stark line? though, even the Stark who was pronounced as a traitor, the rest of his family was still had that giant titles of who they were. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how that works in Westeros. That's a good question. It, watchers, if you have thoughts on that, let us know. I really like that um, exchange with Tyrion and Bronn when um, he was asking for more money because he's given him a taste of the good life. And he was like, I don't even know how much I'm paying you. And he's like, and that's why you can't afford it. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was really funny. Bronn is getting pretty witty there. Yeah. He definitely knows how to play it up. He's, getting, he's a smart guy, even though he is just a sellsword. He's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. And he definitely made a good choice in putting his faith into Tyrion. And as Rachel Steiner on the chat points out, uh, you die or you get put to death. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much the truth. And um, something else I wanted to put out is uh, Tywin says, the next horror I catch in your bed, I'm going to have her hung. And then we go directly to Shay. Right, which is a great transition. <laughs> directly to Shay, who's hanging out uh-huh. with Sansa as they're watching the boats. And um, they're kind of playing a little game about where things are going, and Shay's... 
again, she doesn't seem to... Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors, and today Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline, wherever they are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. Like playing games, we saw that with Tyrion too. Well, I like what she says because she's like, why would I want to make up a tale about where the ships are going? And Sansa says, because the truth is either terrible or boring. That's normally the case, right? So we create all these fictionist yeah. tales in our day and age, basically. I think that also shows a lot about Sansa's character and how much she's grown. Because before, that's what yep. she thought. She loved mm-hmm. the songs about the night. She loved all of those things. And Great point, Dave. Yeah, so now she's just com- she's kind of an adult now at this point because all the things she's gone through, even though she's only like six somewhere between 13 and 16 because she just finally had her moon blood. Um, <laughs> she knows the politics yeah. of the game already. Definitely. I mean, we've seen her through all of season two. You just see her be so strong and having to push through in order to stay alive. And there's so many lines thrown in there that she's the one who's going to outlive them all and she's the one who's going to make it because she lit- she has so much emotion, but she doesn't give into it with her words. And, like, here, words have so much power. Yeah. She, she's growing in the game. But I really spe- like her hair, too. Just throw that out there. Like, yeah. it was really bright red and beautiful. Side like- girly note. And, yeah. <laughs> and as Rachel... Time out. <laughs> as Rachel Steiner on the chat says, speaking of the game, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Oh. Quote from Cersei, season two. But um, she, right imme- immediately afterwards, Peter Baelish, a.k.a. Littlefinger, comes to chat with her about how he has all these plans. Apparently, this is a big thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he actually did recognize Arya in season two when he glanced at her. And we were all wondering. I know, Kristen, when mm-hmm. you were doing season two with me, you were in New Zealand, Sarah. But we were really <laughs> curious if Peter actually, or Littlefinger actually recognized Arya when he was over in Hall with Lord Tywin. And apparently he did. He's mentioning Arya's alive. So he kind of just kept that tucked in as his own little secret. So I like mm-hmm. finding that out. Yeah, that was really cool. And uh, Littlefinger offers to take Sansa away with her. Roz comes and chats with Shay and tells Shay, basically, watch out for Sansa with Littlefinger. What do you guys think? I thought that I thought that was kind of cool because kind of to me it hinted that she still has this little bit of a loyalty to the North and where she's from, so I was kind of like, ooh, to have her in tie like in ties with Littlefinger, like is that loyalty going to come through later? And like, if something really big happens where she finds out some information, is her hometown loyalty going to like pull through for the North? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I'm sure. And also. Um I thought it was weird that, I mean, what's this assignment that's going to take Peter Baelish away for fi- for several years? Yeah, saying? I'm not sure, because he was just announced at the end of the second season as <clears throat> Lord of Harrenhal. He just mm-hmm. gained Harrenhal, and we're not sure what this assignment is. And it looks like Harrenhal is done for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, bringing back to the credits, 
it's in the credits, so maybe it has to be rebuilt. Mm. That's true. I mean, there's Heron Hall has always been haunted and cursed. That's the tale behind Heron Hall. No one can seem to hold it. It was burnt down by the Targaryens when they thought it would be the biggest thing ever in the world. So Heron Hall, definitely a big battleground, and everyone seems to want it, even though it never lasts very long. It's and used even though to it looks so great. I mean, I would really <laughs> want to live there. It's a yeah, gem in not the rough. <laughs> it's big, though. At least it's a big, it's a big place, even though it looks evil and horrible. But, uh... We get to Joffrey, who's being carried throughout the streets. As we find out, Marjorie, too, she leaves, and she goes to an orphanage. And even though people hate her and are throwing, like, dung down at her for her to step in, she uh, she's kind of seems to be like she wants to be a queen of the people. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe that's a Tyrell thing, a House Tyrell thing, and that's right. how they do things in Tyrell. But she really wants to win the people's trust and win the people back. Doing some charitable work. Yeah, she talked to the High Septon, and she was just like, you know, if they need anything, come directly to me, because she knows that no one else is going to help them. That's yeah. why she was like, come directly to me if they need anything. And I like how she's kind of like mothering all these orphans of war. I thought that was nice. I thought it was really nice. I want to hear some longer conversations from her. Mm-hmm. I want to know what her motivation is. <laughs> In like season two, we got like, I don't want to be a queen. I want to be the queen. And I was like... Whoa! Yeah, girl is sassy, and yeah. I was kind of scared of her. I was like, "Mini Cersei, what is this?" But in this, she was so nice. So I just want to hear her have some sort of deep conversation, maybe with her brother. I don't really care who, but I'm just like, where is your head? What do you want? What do you want out of this besides being queen? Do you want to be a good queen? Do you just want the power? I'm just yeah, because she was willing to be with Renly, even mm-hmm. though Renly was going to be sleeping with her brother. <laughs> so she didn't care as long as she was a queen. So she's definitely, she just seems to want to have a lot of power maybe, but she's got some sort of mix. You're not quite sure where she's coming from. I think that Cersei should watch out because she seems, Marjorie seems like she could be someone who could take down Cersei and have the power of the people behind her because she knows professional services. She knows the politics. She's charming the people. Cersei has some jealousy issues. Let's just so I was thinking, out there. There's this great thing on the chat. Jason21676 says, she's running a grassroots campaign. That's what she's doing there. <laughs> you know what else? She's training an army. All those little little boys who lost their fathers, she's now mothering an army she's, behind her. It's basically she knows how to incite people's loyalty mm-hmm. like that. And she mentions, and I love that conversation, the way she talked to them. She was like, well, your, so- your, the, your fathers were soldiers, and they think that they're just soldiers. And she's like, no. They fought to protect, and they fought for you. That makes them knights. So she's really winning the people and really gaining their loyalty and trust and, as you said, perhaps growing an army out but of But is it out of a good heart, or is it brains, or is it both? Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's to come. Mm-hmm. But Joffrey now wants to chat with Marjorie about what he saw, and he's putting on the gentlemanly act again. <laughs> he's pretending not to be a psychopath for the time being. So, pretending to be a psychopath, and Cersei asks about the stop at Flea Bottom and kind of, like, mentions the encounter that we saw before where the peasants were throwing and trying to kill them. And she brings that up, and Joffrey plays it off as if he wasn't scared, and he's a gallant guy, and... They kind of mock his bravery. He's crushing. He's he's got a crush on on her. Like, he... I mean, he always, obviously, is, like, this egotistical maniac, but... um, And he's always, like, defending his honor and seeming so prideful. But this seems to come out of feelings for her and wanting her to like him. 
not in like a kingly level, but on like a guy level. I don't know because he didn't want to talk to her whenever she was stopping for the orphans. But I think that was out of fear of flea bottom because of mm. what happened last time. That I makes think, sense. I think that's what it was. Okay. But beyond him, may, maybe he is crushing on her. I'm not sure. But I, the one thing is that he did talk to Sansa like this at first uh-huh. in the very beginning of Game of Thrones. That's kind of how he was acting to her. It was knightly and gentlemanly and brave and. That was the side that he was showing. So he knows how to put on that face. So is it a face? Is it not? We'll find out. But we were talking a lot about Heron Hall and how it's been transferring over. And it looks like Rob Stark has entered Heron Hall. And everybody is dead. 200 Northmen are dead. Sad. Is this blame on the mountain? This is oh. Theon Greyjoy's business, right? I don't no. think. Well, if it's Heron Hall, it would be the mountain. Because Theon was up in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's or Winter, true. And um, that's where kind of... And then all the Ironborn are kind of fighting the uh, the perimeter where they can reach with boats. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the main thing, though, is that Catelyn is with him. And Rob wants to have a jail cell for his mother because of the whole Jamie incident. So not too forgiving about that still. Her freeing Jamie. Yeah. And uh, his wife is there, Talisa, who they are now wed at this point, is with them. And there's the survivor, Kyburn. Um, and also we see Sir Jeremy, who is a bannerman for the North, is dead as well, as we find out from Catelyn. So it was kind of a brief scene, but we at least get a little bit of a glimpse of what's going on with Rob and his army. What's up with the Kyburn, the guy who's actually still alive? So I guess he'll be a good use of information of what went on exactly. That's what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, from the way he was dressed, you assume that he's a knowledgeable individual. Yeah, and then he doesn't seem to want to be alive. He doesn't think it's good fortune that he's alive. He's like, lucky? <laughs> but hopefully he will from uh, get reinvigorated and we'll find out what happened here. Because we don't know. We never saw anything leading up to this. So mm-hmm. we don't know what's going on. But we get to the Targaryens, or the Targaryen, the one, the Khaleesi, Daenerys. Mm-hmm. So... She is pimping out with her boat, <laughs> with Jorah, and with her dragons, who are a little bit more grown up. They're growing even more. First season, they were eggs. Second season, they were hatchlings. And now they're a little bit bigger. They can... Now they're cooking their own food. Yes, they are. Catching their own food, cooking their own food. <laughs> they're doing it all. Warming up that meat. And so they're little badasses, those dragons. And now they can actually really do some dra- damage. They did uh, kill the warlock last season. But there are pirate. Pyat Pri, but mm-hmm. now they're doing even more. So, is it Pyat Pri? Is that his name? Yeah. We'll, we'll move on. It yeah. Is. So, I, you uh, know what I'd like to mention? I really like that the Dothraki are still following her, are still behind her. That's a great thing to point out. They are on the boats, and they're, as she points out, they are the first Dothraki to board a boat. Mm-hmm. So, she totally has faith in them. She's giving them credit, even though they're just throwing up all over the board. <laughs> They're trying. They are trying so hard, but none of them will cross the uh, the Devil Water or the I think Blackwater. They call it, they have some name for that water. Water in general when it's an ocean because they're so afraid of boats because they're horse people. That's what they do. But they their horses sound, be dead, Dave. They've been eating those horses too <laughs> and feeding them to dragons. But uh, they they get to um they're heading to the port with slave soldiers, which is. Astapor, mm-hmm. where we we see this whole thing about the Astapor soldiers, and man, are they intense! 
One out of four survive their training. And how about all those babies? That was really shocking to hear. Just 8,000. 8,000 dead babies. So they have to kill a baby in order to prove that they have no weakness left in them. In front of not their mother's eyes, but their owner's eyes. Yeah, and don't worry, you can cut off their nipples, too. Oh, it's so... so Yeah, that was pretty gross. (laughs) That was pretty graphic. But, hey, they didn't even flinch. There's some, I don't know, if I have soldiers, those are some good soldiers to have on your side, I'll just say. But they, um, yeah, so they're the Unsullied, and it's Master Krasnus who owns all of them. And Daenerys is faced with this decision, can she handle having an army of basically just, like, horrible people that they're you wouldn't want to have. They're not people anymore. Yeah, good point. That's, <laughs> he does say that. They're not people anymore. Um, what do you guys think? Would you want them fighting behind you? What choice do you think that she'll make? I mean, based on her previous decisions, I feel like she kind of has to say no, because that's what mm-hmm. we've seen her do for so long. Like, she's turned down money behind vaults that are supposed to be full. Like, She's been pretty That's morally just, like, with her people, with what she does. So if they, we want to continue that track with her, I kind of feel like she can't take them. Yeah. But, but she has been crying out for an army. She's been <laughs> basically, I don't know, she was kind of a bitch in season two because of how much, I loved her in season one. Season two, kind of a bitch because of how much she was complaining about wanting an army. Mm-hmm. Well, she's, This is her army that she could have. I don't know. I mean, but it I, has to be a moral. Just come on, we want her to rule. Something. I just Army. don't think that they would be loyal loyal to her in the end. That's the thing I, I wonder too. Uh-huh. Would they be loyal? That's mm-hmm. my question. Like, who are they fighting for? They're not a cell swordsman. <laughs> and Hot Pie points out, Hot Pie from the chat, not Hot Pie from the show, <laughs> uh, points out that don't forget they also don't need nipples. So I don't, I don't know. know. You I want think, an army of non-nippled dudes? I think nipples army. are important. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Maybe not for guys. They're not important for guys. I think they are. That's all I'm going to say. I think that those, that guy without one, that's going to be a problem later in the show. That's my prediction. Yeah, that's yeah. going to come back. It's going to come back. He's not going to have we'll one. He'll never have a child because no girls will ever want him. I'm not saying that's nipple. what it is. I'm just saying he's going to need it. Not you need, you get it. magic I, powers from your nipples. I think <laughs> that's what it is. I didn't say that. <laughs> I have this little memory. Didn't they say that they kind of chop off their balls too? Did they say yeah, that? Yeah, he said okay, that. Okay, so mean, they can't even, yeah. The nipple might be not the biggest problem. That's a good point. At that point, you just don't care about anything anymore. That's probably what it is. You do that, they just don't care about anything. They're already dead inside. Yeah, that's you're right. Opinion. They are already dead inside. That's, that's how you make them so dead inside. Sad. You know what? I would like to see if she does take them. I would like to see if she can turn them back into men, like have them switch back on their emotions and find some redeemable qualities Some part in of them. humanity. Exactly. Maybe she yeah. could save them by taking them. Because like Jorah said, if you, they're, they're better to serve you than Krasnas, so... They lost their member. They can't be saved. I would like to see them, you know, a character who is in despair, completely gone, actually be woken up by Daenerys. I agree. All that right, would be cool. great. So I do want to throw out, thank you, watchers, so much. You are awesome. Liz on the chat points out they call it the poison water. That is what they call... Thanks, That's the Rocky call... Correct. The uh, just ocean in general is poison water. So thank you. I love our viewers. They're awesome. <laughs> well, I have another question that maybe our viewers can answer. Go for um, it. What city does Valerian steel come from? Valeria. But I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean, we were watching it and we had like the subtitles on the bottom of the screen. Right. And they were talking about how they were speaking in Valerian. Yeah. 
So do they have Valyrian steel too? I think for Valyria, it's like an area. It's like a continent, and I think that's where it comes from. You know, I'm going to pull out my map. Map time. But that'll map take time. too much time. Oh, so sorry. I'll be glancing at this, Something trying to. I really liked is how the translator wouldn't translate what Krasnus said. That was hilarious. He was quite a was wicked perfect. man with his words, and she was yeah. trying to tone it down. Weren't you just waiting for someone to like actually know what he was saying? And be like, <laughs> I know you just said that I smelled like piss. Like I was just waiting for that. It oh. was one of those things. Things where the audience knows, and it's funny for us. Yeah, it's also funny because it makes you think about any time there's translators in general. Mm-hmm. How much are you really not hearing? But here we go. Here's the answer. In the book, it is Valyria is a city. It's an area, okay. and that's where it's from. Also from GOT fan on the chat. And they also, he confirms for us that the Unsullied are, in fact, castrated in the process, as you said, Sarah. So nice. double confirmation there. So Thank da- you. Daenerys now upset is con- conferring with Jorah, who doesn't seem to. He's not. He's kind of unfazed about the whole thing. Something I have to say. Remember when he said they're not men anymore? Well, that kind of all makes sense with the chopping off the balls, taking yeah. away the manhood. Yeah. Okay. So continue. That's another. There's <laughs> even more. You can tell where my thoughts are at. So <laughs> connect um, all the dots. Come on, guys. So there's yeah. So there's a child who's kind of playing with this toy he looks so cute and Daenerys goes <laughs> to play with it and you see a man in a hood and you're kind of like who is this man I don't is at first it seems like the man's the assassin turns out that that little ball has a scorpion inside of it ready to kill what Daenerys. was that was <sighs> it was a very pretty scorpion yeah it looked like a scorpion to me but clearly some sort of games of throne world-esque magical yeah. scorpion it was interesting when that scene started and you see this guy with this big black cloak all I was thinking about I was like how can you not notice that there's a giant man in a giant black cloak <laughs> not following, like, following you around when everyone else is barely wearing any clothing? Like, wouldn't that stick out? Like, wouldn't you notice? <laughs> Don't the crows point. stick out in the watch? That's what I wonder, because they're wearing black and snow. That yeah. doesn't seem like a good That's idea. That's why he's getting a new... Uh, the sheepskin. Yeah, yeah. sheepskin for them. But yeah, so... Kissing children. That was really scary. The but warlocks. she said that they were sent by the warlocks, but didn't we already set the warlocks on fire? Yeah, Pyapri got killed, so I was wondering that too. But there was in season two, it was said that the warlocks would always come for her and try to kill her. But I'm not sure, because you'd think that Pyapri was kind of the master one, and he was killed. But I guess you got to assume there's more warlocks in the Tower of Undying. But yeah, so she has like black teeth, she's teleporting places. Hissing, and she's hissing. Hissing. Demon uh, child. <laughs> it, it almost reminds me of the the white girl who is in the first season, the very beginning of the show that we see, who's like that one girl with the blue eyes, mm-hmm. kind of like another crazy evil girl. But we get we find out who it is, and it's none other but then Barristan Selmy, who, for people who don't remember, I want to bring this up just for those of you who only watch the show and don't remember, Barristan Selmy, at the end of season one, was the knight who was the head of the King's Guard. He'd been the head for a long time, and he pledged his life for it. And typically, you die. You're, you do that until you die. Joffrey set him free and took him away from his oath. So he was pissed. He was riveted. He dropped his armor, basically threatened them, and just stormed off. So this is where he has gone to, is to find Daenerys. And if I can just add a little bit onto that, um, other names you might recognize him as, I believe, Lord Commander. Um, And when he was, quote-unquote, fired from his position... I remember Joffrey like tried to make it sound great, like we're going to give you a castle, and like Mm. it sounded like retirement village nights, and um, he was like, "You don't, you don't retire, you like die from this position." And I just remember that, so I was so excited to see Mm -hmm. him again, and oh, I just love that team because like he's like that. He, I'm, I'm so, I'm like 
you can tell. Gushing. Like, I'm like gushing about <laughs> him. This is when you know I'm excited, like start hyperventilating. I'm like, oh my god, it's so great. I love Daenerys, so this Bears is like my team. Yeah. This is my team, and it's coming together, and I'm really excited. I like yeah. how you pointed out that he went to the Tar- Targaryens um, to Daenerys because he was sworn first to their family before Baratheon. So I thought that was really important that you brought that up earlier. Yeah. And, yeah, so he does bring that up. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I like Daenerys, too. I just thought she was complaining and whiny during season two. I just want to throw that out. We well, said to be our problem. Because yeah. she was like her brother. That's yeah, she was is. acting too much like her brother. And it was annoying. It was like she, I liked her in season one. I hope she comes back to that in season three. She was a little stronger here. I liked her character in this episode. But um, Barristan Selmy is a total badass. He's a total BA. Ned Stark was talking about in season one how amazing mm-hmm. he is of a fighter. Jorah recognizes him because he's well known as being this amazing badass fighter. So, awesome to see him on the Khaleesi's side. If you've ever heard of old man power, he is like the definition of old man power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just totally. got it. So, I'm excited to see that. But, uh, with that said, uh, let's get to some predictions. predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. So, we see, and this is what her name is the queen of thorns the queen of thorns she's gonna be in the next episode it looks like i'm really excited to see her she just says it how it is i'll just say that she says it how it is it looks like she puts marjorie in a trance right i mean i don't know if you guys know but um but they want the truth about joffrey that's what they're mm kind of mentioning that we see in the previews gotcha and i I do a lot of reading the book so i don't want to give my Uh uh predictions on anything so i'm not i'll just say what we're seeing in the preview so queen of thorns we are going to see coming and i'm excited for that and we saw bran with the wolf i'm really excited about what his third eye opening yeah we seemed to see brianne and jamie lannister about to something yeah we we see that little snippet of brianne with jamie lannister and yeah i I do want to i'm excited to see brianne and how they work in his third eye and being the wolf Mm-hmm. And how they're going to play that off. And I'm curious wolf. to see, like, why they let Jamie Lannister go and what Brienne's doing with him and what was Catelyn's original idea there so that Rob can, you know, forgive his mother and get her out of that chamber. That just doesn't seem right. And, and the other thing that we are seeing is on the wall side, we're going to be seeing that um, that the wildlings run into, <laughs> they, they finally get to the fist. And they're going to come across all the dead crows, as they call them, the crows or the Night's Watch. So we're going to be seeing, it kind of looks like a lot of angles, because we didn't get Jamie with Brienne this episode. So or nice Arya, and or I'm Arya. so excited to see Arya. And Arya is my favorite. She's my favorite character. And Jothan Hagar. Yeah, Jothan Hagar. And this next episode, actually. We got a little bit of, like, Lost Boys-esque scene. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying not to blink. It didn't work. And we should mention that uh, Jothan Hagar, um, then this season 10 was named Valor Morghulis, because that's his words with the coin he gives Arya. The episode, this episode was called Valor de Harris. So, uh, just a little tidbit in there for you guys. But guys, thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of Game of Thrones, Season 3, Best Show on Television. And once again, I'm <laughs> Dave Klein. You can find me on Twitter at TheDaveKlein, that is K-L-E-I-N. Or you can find me on my website, DJK-Online.com. And a little brief shout-out, also check out on Saturday, April 13th, the premiere of a new video game-based AfterBuzz. Check it out Saturday at noon. Nice. I'm Kristen Elizabeth, and you can find me at Cinematic Escape on Twitter, or you can bing my blog, Cinematic Escape. And I'm Sarah Stratton. 
And you pretty much can't find me anywhere because I'm an antisocial loner who basically just watches TV. But I'm just kidding. See you next and week. lives in New Zealand. <laughs> she, you can find her in New Zealand with the you hobbits. Find me there. And Marissa. Where can we find you, Marissa? Um, you can find me on Twitter at SarahFeenyTV. Nice. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank See you, you guys week, for joining us. Ravens. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 